Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Water Community Church. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. My name is Rick Thompson. I'm one of the pastors here, a preaching pastor, and we are coming to the end of our exciting summer series that we have been calling the original top 10. If you haven't figured it out, it's based on the Ten Commandments. We figured it was a good thing to go over considering most people can't even name the Ten Commandments, and if they can, they can consider it the Ten Suggestions as opposed to the commandments. And of course, you might have guessed it, we are on commandment number nine. And what we've been doing is we've been taking the number and then making it into something that we could remember. We are telling a story. And that nine also looks like a balloon on a string, right? Doesn't it kind of look that way? It looks like a balloon on a string. And we told a little story about a girl who who came outside playing with a balloon on a string. and she started prancing in front of her friend. She said, I've got a balloon, I've got a balloon, look what I got. And the little friend got jealous. He said, well, I got a balloon too. She said, she looked around, she said, Where, where's your balloon? Well, my balloon is at home, and, and, and my balloon is bigger than your balloon. You, ah, you don't have a balloon, I've got a balloon. And then she said, well, my balloon is as big as a house, like that one. And the other girl turned around and said, liar, liar, pants on fire. And so the ninth commandment is what? Come on. I'm hoping it's starting to stick right about now. Thou shalt not lie. The actual text says this, Exodus 20, 16, you shall not give false witness against your neighbor. False witness against your neighbor. And then a few weeks ago, we saw how serious, first of all, I want to say thank you, Pastor Sean. That was a great message last week. Amen. It's good to be able to get away with the family and then know that the church is in good hands. But thank you, and thank you, team. But we saw a few weeks ago how serious uh, 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 God was about this whole issue of lying. And what we saw in the Old Testament, there was one passage that said, if someone brings up, don't believe anybody unless it's two or more witnesses. This is the Jewish law. And if someone brings an accusation against somebody and you find out it was false, It says the same thing that they were trying to do to the person should happen to the liar. That was the written law back then. And then we also see, we saw in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, how God really feels about it. He says, there are six things the Lord hates. Did you know there are things God hates? I mean, there are people who say, well, God, 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 God is love. He doesn't hate anything. The Bible says there are things he hates. He says there are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, it's a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out what? Lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Now, in that list of seven, things that he hates and are detestable to him. I, I was hoping that you would notice, if you noticed, that there was pretty much one thing that was mentioned twice. What was it? 
in that list of seven things that he hates and are detestable to him, two times he mentioned, I hate lies. People tell lies. People bear false witness and pours out lies. A lying tongue and a false witness. And the question is, why does God hate it so much? And the answer is, that, well, there are several reasons, but one of them is that the, the, the devil is a deceiver. He, he deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden, and, and he caused the fall of humanity at the beginning of creation through lies and deception. We see it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And we know that the death process started right after he disobeyed. But who came along right after God told him that? In Genesis 3, 4 and 5, the devil came right behind him and said, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So God said, Don't do it. You're going to die. And the devil came behind her and enticed her and deceived her and, 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 and Adam, and they ate of the fruit, and the fall of, the man, fall of man started right then. So right from the beginning... We see that the devil is a liar. He shows up in the book of Genesis, but he also shows up as a liar and deceiver in the book of Revelation. You've got the book of Genesis at the beginning and the book of Revelation in the middle, and this is what it's, I mean, at the end, and it says in Revelation 21, it says, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain, and he sees the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years, and he threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from doing what? Help me, somebody. From deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended, and after that he must be set free for a short time, Revelation 20.10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The devil's day is coming. Come on, somebody. But in the meantime, what is he doing? He is deceiving the nation. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or a theologian to know that there's a lot of deception going on in the world today. So from the beginning of time until the end of time, Satan's ammo, mode of operation, is lies and deception. Jesus said as much in John 8, 40, 44. You belong, speaking to the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, he says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. In other words, Jesus is saying, the way you know the devil is lying is when he moves his lips. <laughs> you can pretty much guarantee that most, if not all, of what's coming out of his mouth is a lie. Now listen to me. And he's also speaking this, not aiming at the devil. He's talking to people. He's saying that the person who continually and habitually tells lies is acting more like their spiritual father 
the devil, according to Jesus. Now, again, who was he talking to? Pimps and prostitutes? Well, we know they lie, right? But he wasn't. He was talking to religious people, church folk. They wouldn't miss a Sunday. Come on, some, or Saturday in their case, the Sabbath. They wouldn't miss it. They, they, they considered themselves, they insisted that Abraham was their father and that they served the one and true God. And Jesus came along and disagreed with them vehemently. He says, no, you, 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 you're not of this father. You act more like uh, the father of lies. I was uh, years ago, uh, um, it's a sweet memory when my two oldest, Ricky's in here today, he's in his 30s now. But when he and Amanda were uh, just babies and we had a Publix that was down the street from our house that we, that we regularly shopped at. And, and my wife went by herself because I wasn't there this time. And my wife went by herself with them. And one of the ladies stopped her while she was in the store. And she says, is your, is, I wasn't there, looked at the kids. She said, is your husband that good-looking, green-eyed, black man? <laughs> and she said, yes, how did you know? Your kids look just like him. Their features look like me. And I look like them. Now, in the same way, we take on the physical attributes of our fathers and our mothers. Listen to me. We take on the behaviors of our spiritual father, either for good, God, or evil, the devil. Come on, somebody. And so I want you to write this down as your first feeling. Our actions and behaviors reveal who our spiritual father is. If you're prone to lies and exaggerations, watch out. Watch out. Now, the question is, is lying a problem in our culture today? Come on, somebody. Yes. <laughs> you bet, you bet you it is. Back in the day, besides outright criminals, who were considered the professional liars? Come on, help me out, somebody. Politicians? Politicians. <laughs> who else? Who are they making fun of? Lawyers? See, I'm not just making this up. They were considered the professional liars, right? Maybe the CPA dude, I don't know, uh, occasionally. But lawyers and politicians, definitely professional liars. Now, how many know that that has extended in our community? It's not just lawyers and politicians today. It's, it's in our, it's our news. Can anyone trust the news today? Come on, somebody. If you trust putting your hand on the news, something's wrong with you. It's our education system. It's our judges, our doctors, who can't even tell us what a woman is. They're lying. Come on, somebody. Many of our doctors and so-called scientists, they're bought and paid for by the abortion industry, by Big Farm, by, by the man-made climate change wackos. And so lying is par for the course. You, you, it, you, you have to have the spirit of discernment to figure out who's lying and who's not. The devil is busy in our world today. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 6, verse 44. He says, for every tree is known by its, by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. 
and an evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. One translation says, out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth will speak. And so, so whatever you've got in your heart, eventually it's going to come out of your mouth. Does that make sense? I don't ever have to read people's minds. You've heard me say this. I just read people's lips. Your mouth will eventually reveal what's in your heart. It most certainly will. And so again, I want you to write that down. Our mouth will reveal what's in our heart. And again, that works both ways. If your, if your heart is full of faith, it'll come out in the things you say. But if your heart is full of fear, that's going to come out. If your heart is full of good and good intentions, it'll come out. But if there's some evil inclinations in your heart, that's going to start to come out as well. And so if what's coming out of your mouth amounts to lies and half-truths, and I was just kidding, you know those I'm just kidding people, you know, constantly telling lies, and then when you catch them, I was just kidding, you know, that's a problem. I personally have a problem with liars. This is one of my pet peeves. It was one of my things with my kids. We're going to, you know, the kids could almost do anything. Don't lie to me. Because the lie is worse than the, 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 the thing that they did. Don't tell me, you know, you didn't do it when I got cameras in the house. Now, back in the day, we didn't have no cameras in the house. My son, Ricky, cameras everywhere. You're not going to lie to Ricky. He, he's going to, let's go check the tape. <laughs> can, can you imagine? But don't lie to me. Because, it, uh, it, you know, it, 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 for me, it, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't the, the energy that it takes for me to try to separate truth from lies, once I peg you as someone who's, who, who's not telling the truth, and a good liar will mix some truth in there, aren't they? But once I peg you as that, you know, I can't be bothered. It takes too much energy to figure out what's going on. When your story starts to sound like the dog ate my homework, We all know people like that. Don't raise your hand. I start to tune them out. I can't be bothered. People will eventually tell on themselves because that's what's in their heart and it's going to eventually come out. But if you really have trouble trying to figure out if you're dealing with someone who has a propensity to tell lies or not or what type of person that is, don't go by what they say at all. Go by what they do. Does that make sense? Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15, he says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they, help me somebody, by the way they act. Again, what, what is he saying? He's saying, look at the byproduct of what's being produced in the life of that person, what their actions are producing, not necessarily what they're saying, and go by that. Oftentimes in counseling, I have people come in who are confused about a, a person they're in a relationship with, and then, you know, because they're saying one thing and they're basically doing another. They're telling me they love me, but they're acting a certain different way. And I tell them this. I said, listen, this is what you do with that person in your life. Treat it like a, write this down, a silent movie. A silent movie. Now, if you are my age or older, you know what a silent movie is. If you're my age or a little younger, you don't know what I'm talking about. But back in the day, they'd make movies without, uh, without sound. And the earlier ones didn't even have captions. 
right? And so you would just watch the movie, right? And if you watch the movie, could you figure out who the, who the uh, villain was? Could you figure out who the hero was? The villain was, was the dude tying the lady to the, to the railroad track. You remember that one, <laughs> right? 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 And you didn't even need words. You could just watch what he was doing, and you knew he was the villain, right? And the hero was the dude running up to the railroad track right before untying and pulling the young lady off the track, and we knew he was the hero. And not a word was uttered. I tell, particularly the women, don't go by what he says. Go by what he does. Because that will give you a better indication of what that person is and, and what, the, what's really the, what they're really about. Amen? And so... Some people will, will tell on themselves based on what they do. Now, that's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because talk is cheap. Come on, somebody. And, and promises are easy to make, harder to keep. And keeping your promises shows integrity. But if you're constantly making promises and breaking them, what does that show? Who are you really now acting like? Matthew 5.37, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't, Jesus said. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. In other words, our word should be our bond. Write that down. Our word should be our bond. Right next to that, truth matters. Truth matters. Now, the question is, why does truth matter? And I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why truth matters. First of all, Jesus identifies himself as the truth. Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6 through 7 says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so is Jesus telling the truth when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life? And that no one comes to the Father except by him? But what about all these other religions in the world? Is Jesus telling the truth? He's either telling the truth or he's lying. And I believe he's telling the truth. And also, he also says, if if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus is someone who is of the truth. And the nature of the Father is someone who, is, who tells the truth. Thank God that we serve a God that doesn't lie to us. Amen? Amen? That we can trust what he says and that his promises are true. Amen? Amen. Because th- these promises have uh, eternal consequences. If we were dealing with a lying father, how, how do we even know that there is an eternal life? How do we even know that why are we even in here trusting that Jesus is going to save us, you know, along those lines? He is a truthful God. And when he was on this earth, right before he was getting crucified, John 18, 37, says, Pilate said, you are a king, asked Jesus. And Jesus, he asked Jesus, and Jesus responded, you say I am a king, and actually I was born and came into the world to do what? 
to testify of the truth. Now, how many know there's some people who don't want to hear the truth? It bothers them. And that was the case when Jesus walked on this earth as well. He came to testify of the truth. And he says, all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. If you love truth, you're going to come to Jesus. If you reject truth, you ain't coming to Jesus. Because you're going to recognize that what he says is truth. And the pilot said what a lot of people say today. Well, what is truth? And then he went out again to the people and told them he is not guilty of any crime. Again, Pilate was like many people today, unable to discern truth from lies, even when the truth was staring him in the face. Jesus is the truth. Why, why does truth matter? Because Jesus is the truth. Let me give you the re second reason truth matters. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Walk in truth. John 16 verse 13 says, when the truth when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Listen, who is the spirit of truth? It said, who is Jesus referring to here? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He says, when I ascend, he says, I have to go back, but when I, when I go back, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And he's going to indwell his people. And one of his jobs is to guide us into all truth. He says he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the Anybody interested in knowing the future? I, I want to know. He will tell you about the future, and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now, not only does he tell us what we need to know, he'll tell us why we should know the truth because he tells us that the truth has the ability to set us free. Write that down. John 8, 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will do what? Can anybody in here testify to the fact that knowing Jesus and knowing the truth has set you free from something. Come on, somebody. Someone not ashamed to say that Jesus set me free from a bondage or from some controlling sin or something that was going on in my life. A depression lifted because I know Jesus. I have purpose in my life because he set me free. Come on, somebody. Listen, I walk a little different now. I talk a little different now because of what Jesus has done in my life. The legacy of my family, if I followed my earthly father's example, my, I, I would have been, I, I, my, my life would have fallen apart already. But because of the grace of God, I have a legacy that, that goes not just from our family, but to our children and to my children's children, and that's because of our relationship with Jesus. Come on, somebody. I, 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 I'm excited. That the truth has stepped into my life and stepped into your life. And the truth has this ability that if you adhere to Jesus' teachings, he will set you free. Set you free from the foolishness of the world and what the world teaches you. He'll break that off of you. Your marriages will get stronger. And you'll become a better father and a better husband and a better wife. You'll become a better person because of the truth that Jesus will reveal in your life. Amen. 
Truth causes us, I want you to write this down, to grow and to become like Christ. Ephesians 4.11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Watch, listen. These are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. What am I talking about? The gifts. Say the gifts. The gifts. That God, that Christ gave to the church. Are you ready? He gave the apostles. He gave the prophets. He gave the evangelists. He gave the pastors. And he gave the teachers. Gifts that God gave to the church. And what are their responsibilities? What are, what's Pastor Sean and Pastor Steve and my responsibility? It, it says their responsibility is to, to equip God's people. Who are God's people? Someone says you. It's me too. Someone else says me too. To equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, and we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now watch this, it goes on to say, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Remember the love part. Remember the love part. Because even sinners are image bearers of the Father. You hear what I'm saying? And are worthy and deserving of our love. And so God calls me to speak the truth, but he calls me to speak the truth in love. Is that everyone going to receive it? No. But at the same time, I've got to make sure that in my heart, I'm doing it in love. Amen? Growing in every way more and more like who? Christ. Who are we becoming like? Christ. When God gives the gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, the, the pastors, the, and the teachers, he gives it to the church to build them up. And so that we can come to the unity of the knowledge of the, who we are in Jesus, who are we becoming more like? We are supposed to be becoming more and more like, not the pastor, more like Jesus. Amen? That's the goal. Who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Turn to someone and say, you've got a part to play. Now ask him this question. Are you, paying, are you playing your part? I'm doing what God's called me to do. But you've got a part to play too in the body of Christ. And it all fits together so that we can cause each other to grow in the grace of God. But if you don't do your part, or if I don't do my part, the growth is going to be less. Does that make sense? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow 
so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of that's Devonai's prayer for this church that when people come in here they will sense love when broken people come in here they will sense God's love not judgment don't hear me say when we're, we're going through the Ten Commandments okay don't hear me like, like Pastor Sean said last week I hope nobody leaves here ever feeling condemned because the Ten Commandments are a mirror and you'll hear me say this at the end to show us our need for a savior come on somebody and the Ten Commandments if we're honest in our hearts we'll have to admit that we've broken most if not all of them in some way or fashion which basically tells me, that's why the Bible says, so, so is the law bad? No, the law is good because the law told me that I need a Savior. Yes. And Jesus became my Savior. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. This is, some good, this is good stuff. And so why does truth matter? Because Jesus is the truth. And the truth has the ability to set us free. And the Holy Spirit... Who he, who he has sent, which is God, the Holy Spirit, leads us into all truth. And the truth, once we allow it to digest in our lives and our hearts, when you start to look in the mirror of grace, you're going to start to look more and more like Jesus because you are going to become more and more mature, not being blown away by every wind of doctrine. You're not going to, every lie and every deceit that the enemy uses, you're not going to, it's not going to sway you because you're going to know the truth. I tell, I tell our people all the time, when you come through those doors, don't check your brain at the door. I give you the scriptures, check what I'm telling you to make sure that it's true. If it's true, you have now a responsibility before God to say, okay, Lord, Work this truth in my life. If it's not true, by all means, let it fall to the wayside. It's, it's garbage anyway. Amen? The truth has the ability to set us free and to make us more like Jesus. So what should we be doing? Make truth, write this down, your daily focus. Be a truth seeker. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters... One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what? On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Folks, that's not porn. That's not 90% of the garbage that's out there. He says, I want you to fix your eyes, fix your mind, Fix it on truth and keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Anybody want peace in your life? <laughs> there are some people, you know, chaos comes. There's sometimes chaos comes in our lives that is apart from our control. You, you couldn't do it. Sudden death of a family member, a loss of a job, or something along those lines. 
and it disrupts our peace. But there are some things that you have 100% control over that you do not have to allow the enemy to steal your peace. And the Bible says if we take God's words and we put them into practice, then the God of peace will show up in our lives. Amen? And we will walk in that peace that God wants to give to each and every one of us. Check where you're getting your truth from. Podcasts and cable TV and where the young people, TikTok, you know. Check where you're getting your truth from because not everything coming from them is truth at all. It's lies, cleverly disguised as a truth. Listen to me. And this is how you can tell truth from lies. If you take, if you say, take what they say and you line it up with the word of God, and if it contradicts the word of God, this is the lie. And if you are having trouble figuring it out, you still got some growing to do. You hear what I'm saying? Because God wants us to grow in the grace of God and to become mature so we're not constantly tossed here and there to and fro. As as a church, listen to me, there's some principles that we all need to be on the same page on. Life. Come on, somebody. Uh, 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 The certain aspects of our marriages and, and how our behaviors are. They matter to God. If the truth that you're hearing conflicts with what God says, throw that out. So the first thing we want to do is make truth our daily focus. The next thing we want to do is we want to rejoice with the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6, love is patient and kind. Love Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices wherever, what, what? Wherever truth wins. It's not about your party or your political persuasion. It's about truth versus lies. The word of God versus the nonsense that the world is espousing. We've got to get on the standard of God's truth and rejoice when truth wins. Are you happy when biblical truth wins out? Or, 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 or is your attitude more of they got, they got it coming to them? Something's going to happen to them because your truth didn't win. God calls us to rejoice with the truth. And let me give you the third one. God calls us to walk in truth. To walk in truth. Ephesians 4.25, it says, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. My wife would always tell people, don't ask Pastor Rick if you don't want him to tell you the truth. Because I'm going to do my best to speak the truth in love, but I'm going to tell you the truth. 
about what's going on. Again, when the excuses start to sound like the dog ate my homework, you know, I don't have a whole lot of patience for that. But the Bible says that your yes be yes and your no be no. And so if you make a commitment, follow through with it. Does that make sense? And if you can't, say no. But speak the truth to one another. That's what the scripture tells us. And then lastly, Jesus said in, in John 4, 24, For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, how important is it to know that God is a spirit and he walks in truth? I was reminded while I was preparing this message of a preacher who told a story because it says that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And he shared how he gave an altar call. And he walked down the aisle and there was a line and it was a prayer line. And as he looked up, there was this woman who stood before him. But then the, the Spirit spoke to him and told him to tell this person that God doesn't make any mistakes. And now the guy, it was a, it was a man living as a woman. Now the world is lying to people and saying, telling them that God made a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. You are what God made you from the beginning. And that was his intention. The lie comes in when you believe that God made the mistake concerning your own gender and sexuality. He says, from that moment on, he said, from that moment on, the truth set him free. We are supposed to be truth carriers in this world, even if the world has lost his mind, because we know what the devil is doing, and, it, and it, he started in the book of Gen in Genesis, deceiving. In the book of Revelation, there's an angel that's going to come down, the Bible says, with a large chain to, and to bind him up, because what has he been doing all this time? He's been deceiving the nations. In the meantime, we are in the in-between time. The devil, the scripture calls him the prince of the power of the air. Jesus spoke to the people of his time. He says, you are not from God because if you were from God, you would believe what I say. He says, you are from the devil. He's a murderer and a liar from the very beginning. And when he speaks, he speaks his native language, which are lies. When his lips are moving, he's telling lies. And so my question to you today is, are you walking in the spirit of truth or are you a walking contradiction? Are you a reflection of your Father in heaven or the devil who was a liar from the very beginning? 
if a silent movie was put up over your life, could we tell who the heroes and the villains are just based on what you do, not what you say? Talk is cheap. Pastor, I have people tell me, that whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, I'll do it, just, just call. I say, okay, we're having a men's work day. Can you come on down? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you work in the, can you, can you do one week, you know, once, once a, uh, a week, one week every month in the nursery to, to pour into the kids? Uh, 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 I'll do anything you want. And I'm like, right about the second or third time I ask, because you've offered, and then you don't show up or you find reasons. person's not a truth teller. We got to be careful. Whose image are you actually reflecting? God said this, six things he hates, seven that are detestable to him. And in that list of seven, two were those who tell And so God's called us not just to be truth tellers, but to walk in the truth. Is your life reflecting of someone who the Father's looking at? For God is a spirit, and so, and so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now the good news is, again, how many times do you have to tell a lie to be considered a liar? And so the commandments, again, is good because it's a mirror. And if I honestly look at the commandments, I know I fall short, if not in most every area. Okay. And I have a decision to make. Knowing that I fall short, the scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. What we all deserve is to die, to be eternally separated from the Father. But the free gift of eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so I rejoice in the gospel because the word gospel literally means good news. We all blow it. We all fall short. And God knew it, but God so loved me and he so loved you that he gave his one and only son because he loves those who bear his image. And even the worst of sinners bear his image. And so I'm careful. I'm careful of how I treat because when I look at what God did, when he dealt with sinners, with Jesus, he didn't have a whole lot of harsh things to say. His most harsh words were against religious people who shut out the people whom he wanted. So we know that God is love, that he's full of grace, that the Ten Commandments is a mirror to show me where I stand and what I need. I need forgiveness. You need forgiveness. 
and God offers forgiveness through his son, Jesus Christ. He says, if I call on him, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If I confess my sins, he says he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Amen? Every single one of us, every single one of them, he'll forgive us for. But we got to get real. And we got to start walking in the truth. What I, what I reveal, I can then heal from. Amen? Amen. But if I continue in the dark, hiding and keeping these things hidden, the dark is the devil's playground. And he's just going to keep binding you up. Does the devil bind up Christians? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, he does. There's a lot of Christians just bound up because they think, what if people find out? So what? what if God already knows. <laughs> and he's, he's the one that we're going to stand before anyway. He's your only judge. I'm not your judge. No one in here is going to be your judge. Only God's your judge. And he's already made a judgment. He poured out his wrath for your sins and my sins on his son. That's what he thinks about the sins. And in exchange, he says, I, don't, I no longer give you my wrath. If you put your trust in him, I will give you my grace. Repent and turn to, him, turn to him. And the closer you get to him, you become more like him. And as you start to walk with him and talk with him, he will start to change you. And those bondages that you used to have, well, guess what? You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And that will be your testimony. He will start to set you free from all. So we don't run from God. We don't run from his son. We run to him. <laughs> and we embrace him. Because he's never going to, like we said two weeks ago, he's never going to throw stones. He doesn't throw stones. He gives us grace. He gives us forgiveness. And then he says, go and sin no more. I'll give you the strength to do it. I'll, I'll give you the strength to, to break out of whatever those addictions are. I'll give you the, the strength. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. And so as we come to the close of the service, I so want to give everyone opportunities to do just that. Run to Jesus and ask him to set you free from any of these bondages and walk in the truth. Some of the, some of the lies are, are about your own self-image. You keep tearing yourself down when God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says you are, you are literally the apple of his eye. The apple of the eye is the pupil. He says you are the center of my attention and I love you. He's called you a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He called you out of darkness into his glorious night. And that's what he says about you. But in your head, you keep telling yourself that you're worth this. No one would love me if I did this, if they found this, blah, 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 blah. You are believing lies. It's time to come out of the darkness and step into the light. And as you step into the light, there is freedom. Freedom from addictions, freedom from bondages, and freedom from depression, and freedom from mental anguish. There's freedom. In Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so let's do that right now.
who bowed our heads and closed our eyes. If you've not yet accepted Christ as your Savior, this is, this is your prayer. If you want to recommit your life to Jesus, this is your prayer. And if you want to be set free from something, this is your prayer. If, that's, if any of those, whatever head is bowed, every eyes closed, so slip up your hands. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Slip up your hands. I want you to pray for me. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hands, hands, hands everywhere. I see your hand. And it, God sees your hand if you're watching online. Say something like this. You can put your hands down. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today a sinner in need of your grace. I thank you for sending your son to pay the penalty for every single one of mine iniquities and sins forgive me and don't be flipped with it whatever thing you've been struggling with that that thing that the enemy has gained control you confess that to him right now right where you're at you make an altar in your seat say Lord forgive me for whatever it is cleanse me if it's lying if it's not walking in truth whatever it is Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending your son to die for my sins. Three days later, rise from the dead. I ask you to come into my life, to come into my heart. I want to say, and fill me with your spirit. Just put your hands just like this and ask God to fill you. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Tell him, I want to walk in truth so that I can know the truth and the truth will set me free. I thank you, Father, for coming into my life and coming into my heart. From this day forward, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all say, amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.